I made the mistake of looking at the MGTOW tag on Tumblr, which is like men going their own way. What a person has done with their bodies in the past should have no impact on who they are now in their current relationships. As long as they were safe, as long as they're currently healthy, it really doesn't make a difference. If you're worried about a woman's sexual past, I think that says more about your insecurities than it does anything about her. Seriously, if a woman's with you now, she's with you now. That's her decision. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. I see nothing wrong with single mothers or abortions. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about child abuse and how it affects your thinking process. I thought that this video from Rachel Oates about MGTOW would be the perfect medium for that. Rachel is not a big fan of MGTOW, and to prove that MGTOW are awful, she's going to use the biggest straw man examples that she can find, which totally didn't backfire at all. Now what is immediately noticeable in this video is how often Rachel contradicts herself. She claims that she is all about science, but then uses a bunch of anti-science philosophies and shows her complete ignorance on nearly every subject that she talks about in the video. Even with this first clip of her, the whole premise of her video is that MGTOW are violent women haters. So that means she's nonviolent, right? If that was true, then why is she pro-abortion? Abortion is a procedure where you take a vacuum and tear apart an unborn child limb from limb until it dies. Pro-choice or not, that's pretty violent. She's also perfectly okay with single motherhood. Look at the communities who have high rates of single motherhood. Their crime rates are through the roof. Single motherhood destroys communities and creates violent people. These kinds of contradictions are all over this video, and I'll get to them, but first, I think it's important to understand why she's making them and why she can't see obvious fallacies in her own logic. A lot of my channel is dedicated to the ability to identify women who have untreated childhood trauma so that we can avoid these women in our personal lives. It's not our job to save them, it's their job to get treatment. People who are untreated victims of child abuse will ruin your life. I bring this up because one of the easiest ways to identify a woman who has been abused and not gotten treatment is her voice. This is something that I picked up from listening to about a decade of a radio show called Loveline. When women are abused severely or had a traumatic event as children, their vocal development will stop at the age of the initial abuse. So if a girl gets molested at 7 years old, she will sound like a 7 year old into adulthood. Now I stress that this does not happen to every woman who has been abused, but when it does happen, it's almost a guarantee that some pretty bad abuse went on during childhood. In this video, Rachel is 25, but she sounds like she's 6. I'll give you an example. Hey everyone, um, today we are going to be making a video, no, I'm going to be making a video, you guys aren't making the video, you're just watching the video. Now obviously, you can see her face, so you know it's an adult, but listen to this very first part again without video. Hey everyone, um, today we are going to be... Does that voice sound like it's coming from a 25-year-old? No, it doesn't. Her voice does lower a little bit during the video, but it's still too high for a 25-year-old. Anytime I hear this voice, I think, abuse victim. And as I was watching her other videos, it didn't take me that much effort to prove my theory. There's that. Um, as well as having issues with depression and anxiety for the last... I don't even know how many years. 10, 12, 14 years, whatever. Um, the entirety of my adult life, at least. 
Um, I've also had issues with hurting myself. Okay, so self-mutilation and a decade worth of anxiety and depression is pretty severe. She must have had it really bad as a kid, which, as I always say, is not the victim's fault. However, it is her responsibility to fix herself as an adult, and it doesn't excuse her for giving awful psychological advice as an influencer because she has not yet gotten effective treatment for her trauma. There are plenty of outlets out there for therapy, even if you don't have money. For those of you who are curious about that, check out Healthy Gamer GG. The owner of that channel, Dr. K, is doing some pretty amazing stuff. One thing that does happen in women's case is that when they get treatment, their voice deepens, and eventually, they end up sounding like an adult. That's probably because the treatment removes their chronic anxiety, and being more relaxed lowers your voice. Just so you get the idea, here are two more examples of the baby voice. First is false accuser Monica Rial. Because when you speak, your voice resonates in your head. So what I hear in my head sounds more like a Colleen Klingenbeard. And I know that what you hear exactly is a five-year-old, and that's fine. <laughs> Speaking of false accusers, Christine Blasey Ford also has a baby voice. I am here because I believe it is my civic duty to tell you what happened to me while Brett Kavanaugh and I were in high school. Look into their histories. They sound like that for a reason. I say all of this because child abuse negatively affects the way you think. What you learn early on has a massive effect on how you behave as an adult. One thing that is consistent about abusive parents is that they do not like to be criticized. They also don't like to be questioned, and doing either of those things will get you a beating. So, if you learn for the first 18 years of your life that criticizing people and asking questions is bad, then you aren't going to actively practice those things. More importantly, you also aren't going to practice those things on yourself. That's a problem because people by nature are walking contradictions, and unless you sit there and constantly attack and refine your beliefs, you will make a ton of obvious mistakes. Here's an example of such a mistake. As human beings, we're all controlled by our emotions. It's the first kind of like driving force in a lot of our decisions, even in men. And even if there are gender differences, like there are still outliers, there are still people who fall at different parts of the spectrum. Not every woman is only controlled by her heart, and not every man is only controlled by logic. It's a big spectrum, all people are different. You can't make these big sweeping like generalizations and use it as a bad thing. As human beings, we're all controlled by our emotions. We're all controlled by our emotions. You can't make these big sweeping like generalizations so she makes a sweeping generalization about all people, then immediately after says that generalizations are wrong. I thought you were for science. It says so on your Twitter. Science is entirely about generalizations and finding predictable patterns. If I make a theory about gravity and it only works in Nashville, Tennessee, then my theory on gravity sucks. If I am an auto mechanic and I hear a certain problem noise that is likely to be in the engine, should I check the entire car? Do I waste hours of my time working on nonsense? Or do I go where the problem is most likely to be based on past information? No general patterns means no science. This is one of the most anti-science arguments that feminists like Rachel make, particularly when they're losing an argument. It's also a trick that women in general frequently use when they're losing an argument. 
using outliers to imply that women think just as logically as men is not scientific. Now, there are many more contradictions and bad arguments than that one in this video, but before that, let's hear a word from this video's sponsor, Sandman. Zuck the cuck drinks water like a duck, but he also drinks your data. So tell him and Google to shove your data up their schwing-schwangs by downloading the Brave browser. It's free, blocks online advertising, and protects your privacy and data from evil tech companies. You only see ads if you want to see them, and you give cryptocurrency for your attention. Don't let Zuck use you to make a buck. Download Brave by clicking on the link down below. Alright, so I'm not going to go over all of the bad arguments, because if I did, then this video would be over an hour long. So I'm only going to do two more, and if you want to see the remaining eight or so that I counted, then you can just watch the original video. For this next one, let's get back to Rachel's original statement about sexual promiscuity. Like, how does it affect anyone else? How many people a woman sleeps with? Adults should be allowed to do what they want, as long as they take responsibility for their own actions afterwards. If a woman wants to go around sleeping with a thousand chads, that's absolutely fine, as long as she practices safe sex, and if she does get pregnant, she acts responsibly about it, and, you know, she gets regular tests and use condoms and whatever, and doesn't mess with anyone's feelings, I don't see why it's an issue. This is why you don't take advice from untreated abuse victims. What she essentially is recommending is sex addiction. In fact, she even almost recommends alcoholism in this video. How does it affect anyone else? How many people a woman sleeps with? Or how much alcohol she drinks, unless, you know, it's affecting her family and friends and... Let's break down why it's a bad idea to have dozens or hundreds of different sexual partners. There is no such thing as safe sex. All you can do is reduce risk. There is no contraceptive that will keep you perfectly safe, even if it's used properly. For example, if a woman has herpes or HPV on the outside of her vagina, you can still get it with the condom on as long as her exposed skin touches your exposed skin. Speaking of affecting other people and speaking of affecting women, Certain strains of HPV cause cervical cancer. Even if you got the Gardasil shot, it does not protect you against all types of HPV. Not to mention, a lot of women don't even know they have HPV because it's inside of their vagina and they can't see it. Keep in mind that your only protection against these diseases is a condom. If that breaks with your random weekly fling, then you get to roll the dice and hope you didn't catch anything. STDs are easily preventable, we just need good sex education to teach people how to be safe and to get tested often and so on. But that's all fine, because she can just get tested, right? Well, STD tests are expensive. Do you think that a career woman who works at Starbucks can afford to be tested the multiple times a month that would be required to remain safe? Of course she can't. Maybe Rachel hopes that Planned Parenthood will subsidize everything. And if you think that women don't lie about having STDs and practice safe sex perfectly, then you are out of your mind. This is all predicated on women being perfectly responsible. That is a fantasy. That is not how real people behave. For those of you who don't know, it's actually quite difficult to get a girl pregnant. Though theoretically it's possible to get her pregnant on the first shot, and you should always treat it like that, the reality is that you only have about a three-day window every month based on how long the egg lasts after it drops, and based on how long the sperm can survive in the vagina. Typically, if a woman gets pregnant, it means she has been having tons of unprotected sex. It also means that she has failed to be responsible in multiple ways. One, for not using a condom. 
Two, for not using birth control. You know, birth control, which is over 99% effective when used properly. And three, for not taking emergency contraceptives when a condom breaks. There are a ton of ways to prevent pregnancy, and it is almost impossible to get pregnant if you are being responsible. Plus, there's always adoption. So why are there so many single mothers? It's because women aren't being responsible. Rachel is speaking in fantasy, not reality. How many women do you know that can make sound decisions regarding finances? Few of them have the self-discipline to save money. Well, me for one, my sister for another, all of my female friends for like five more. <laughs> I don't have that many female friends, but the ones I do, very responsible. You knowing an outlier does not mean that outlier describes the general trend. Based on anecdote, of course there are women out there who are financially responsible. I've heard some of them call into the Dave Ramsey show. But is that true of the population at large? No. There are far more financially responsible men than women. Take it from feminists. They are always saying that men have all the money. Why do you think the world works that way? Could it possibly have to do with competence, responsibility, or discipline? Nah, I guess they were all just lucky or they stole the money from women. Everyone who's rich doesn't deserve it. Because if I believe that people were rich because of competence, then that would make me feel really bad about myself. By the way, guys, that's really what the wage gap argument is about. An inferiority complex. But we don't even have to talk about that kind of stuff because I can prove that Rachel is not financially responsible, which kills her anecdotal example of women being responsible. To everyone who helped donate to Excult Babies fundraiser, which has honestly, like saved my life. <laughs> I know a lot of people kind of look at me and think, oh, well, she has a decent number of subs, she lives in a nice flat, she must be doing well for herself. But the last few months have been difficult, both emotionally and economically. And without you guys, I wouldn't have been able to make the last month's rent. This video was filmed only nine months after her video on MGTOW. Nine months after saying that she is financially responsible, she ends up broke and has to petition her followers to bail her out. Not saying that you can't ask your fans for help, but don't call yourself financially responsible and then cry about not being able to afford rent less than a year later. There's one last topic I wanted to cover because I always give the people I make videos about a chance to defend themselves. For example, there was a video that I was going to make smearing Carol Baskins for murdering her husband and then running the same scam as Joe Exotic, However, I listened to Carol's defense and then dumped several days of work because I believe that she disproved the allegations against her. So in Rachel's defense, I don't disagree with her on everything. In fact, I commend her a little because out of all the women I've seen make videos criticizing MGTOW, she is the only one who has actually pronounced the acronym correctly, meaning she at least did a little research. I liked her review of Shallon Lester's awful book. I agree with Rachel's views on not hitting kids. And finally... I also thought she brought up a semi-fair point on MGTOW. This is something that I've been using this channel to fight against. It's not hate we feel, it's contempt. Contempt is a very different emotion. Yeah, and it's so much better, isn't it? We look down on you, you disgust us, we don't respect you enough to even hate you. Hate should be reserved for people on your level, your peers, not for malfunctioning helpmates. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that this kind of stuff doesn't exist. We know this exists. A part of the mission statement of this channel is to end this type of behavior. 
No, anger is a part of the process of healing, but this is not a healthy person speaking. Contempt is what you have for someone when you want to enact violence on them. Contempt is how racial violence starts. Contempt is what the Columbine killers had before they shut up a school. Contempt is what Elliot Roger had when he talked about how people were below him to justify his killings. And even Shallon Lester uses contempt on shop owners to justify stealing from them in her book. I'd never hated any grocery store chain more than this one. It was a ratty, literally rodents everywhere, overpriced cesspool, always full of the rudest employees available. One cashier called me a white bitch when I tried to return a carton of rotten milk. Plus, I was a staunch vegetarian. I considered stealing meat a little F.U. to both the grimy store and the vile meat industry. Contempt is not self-actualizing or healing. All it does is make you look like a psychopath. Hatred and contempt are not going to fix the problem. That's not how this game is played. If you want to stop the problem, then you have to make evil people look bad. The only power they have is other people's support for their cause. It's the same case with women. Evil women cannot survive without simps. If you take away all their supporters, then the evil will vanish. They get this support by looking like heroes. Think about how radical leftists describe themselves. We are the good guys. We are the party of morality. If you disagree, it's because you're a bad person. They have to say that or people won't support terrorist groups like Antifa. You make them look like the bad guys and people won't follow them. How do you make them look bad? Live an amazing life. Make all the right financial decisions. Exercise. Eat right. Donate to charity. Help out your family and community and be a happy person that other people want to be. The better you look, the uglier that they look. You can also make yourself difficult to hate. You know what makes you easy to hate? Posting messages online saying repeal the 19th, talking about how much contempt you have for women. You know what also makes you easy to hate? Being an asshole anytime a woman comments on a MGTOW video. Certainly you can make jokes when you're on home field, and I welcome humor on this channel, but when you're playing with the opposition, you need to be as polite as possible. When they can't defeat your well-thought-out arguments, they will get pissed and start lashing out, which will make them look bad. Abusers don't like to be proven wrong, so arguments will always end this way. That's how you win. You show people that they are the abusers. Last, I have said before that when I make videos about other YouTubers, do not harass them. Do not leave nasty comments on their videos. Do not mass dislike or mass flag their videos. Do not message their advertisers. When you do that, they can get power by claiming victim status like Anita Sarkeesian did a few years ago. Do you remember how Anita finally disappeared? People found out that she was an awful person and a fraud, so they refused to work with her or donate her money. Now nobody cares about her. Let that happen. Don't spit venom. Instead, be nice. Kill them with kindness. But with that said, I think that will be enough for this video. So if you liked it, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, comment and share. If you would like to support this channel, then you can do so with PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. All of those links can be found on my channel page or in the description. And last, if you haven't checked me out on Facebook or BitChute yet, then you can also find those in the description or on my channel page. Otherwise, see you in the next video. Thanks for watching. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. 
With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.